0: This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping onto our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. This prayer week. Um, about, about a year and a half ago, um, Tiffany, my wife, decided to join a gym. Now, she She had been running some marathons with friends. She'd done half marathons. She was starting to do um, some like half triathlons. She was just having a good time with some friends of hers. They were just spending some time together. They were enjoying life together. They were, you know, finding some camaraderie and some fellowship and community and finding some also some exercise. And so they were doing all that together. And just through some circumstances, um, her um, that friend group that she had kind of dissolved a little bit and she wasn't able to hang out with them anymore and do some of those things that she used to do. And she went through this series, a season of time, where she just didn't have a a place to work out. She didn't have a a place for this community where she felt like she was able to, you know, interact in some of those ways with people in a close way. And there was this season where she was trying to figure out what that meant. It was a big part of her life, and then she didn't have it for for a season. And one day she was driving by um, this gym close to us, and and she thought, you know, let me, I wonder what this gym's about. And so she went and she started looking them up on Instagram. And she Instagram stalked to to them, as we do, um, to figure out what's actually going on in this place. And so as she's, as she's doing that, she um, realized, like, this still seems like a pretty sweet community. Not only that, like, I'd love to have the, the working out part of it. But not only that, I'd also love maybe to develop a, a just a community involvement outside of my own circle, like something that's just a little, this is a little different, it's going to challenge me, it's going to push me, but maybe I can do this outside of, you know, outside of me. And maybe I can meet some people that aren't Christians there, and maybe this would be a good opportunity. And so she joined that gym, and um, for the next six months tried to get me to also join that gym, which I firmly resisted. I had no desire to do that. I thought, no, I'm comfortable. I'm good. Like, I'm fine where I'm at. But as she kept talking about it, and all the people, and the you know, as the people she's meeting and the ways that she's interacting with all these people. And there's people there that don't know Jesus. And there's some people there that do know Jesus. And it's just something that outside of us. I just thought, you know, this might be a good opportunity, um, not only to hopefully get into shape, um, but also uh, to, to get outside of myself. And so we, we both joined this, this gym. And we've spent the last year and a half, me the last year, her the last year and a half, just getting to know people there and spending time in, in a place outside of ourselves, and about three years ago, um, we started community groups here right before COVID hit. If you were here, you know that. It was a weird time. Um, but we started them. It was the first community group, really, that I had been in in a really long time. And it was just a way, really, for us to say, you know, let's jump into something outside of us because we had, we had kind of gotten this place where we didn't, we we didn't want to do that. And so, But we thought, let's just do it. I think this is going to be helpful for us. Let's get outside of us. And so we jumped into a community group. So within the last three years, we've started jumping into a community group and jumping into the community, both inside the church and outside the church. We've tried to get outside of ourselves. And I don't say this because this can sound self-promoting or like, see, look me, I'm the example, follow me. Listen, the reason this is not self-promoting, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back because there were years before this where we didn't do any of those things. There were years before that where we just ignored that kind of thing. Like we were fine being inside. You know why? Because we drift, all of us, toward being inward focused. We will drift, if we're not careful, just to being an inward-focused Christian, like one who no longer considers the out things outside of our family. We we get busy. We have children. We, you know, we get married, we get, have school, you know, college, we get jobs, we do all of these things that just are, really, we need to have all of this time for us. So if we're not careful, as we grow as Christians, we will slowly morph into being inward focused, focused inside. And it takes intentionality for us to be outward focused, Tiffany and I, for years, we were not outward focused. We were just inward focused. We just wanted to be inside our family. And and it was kind of nice. You know, I mean, our backyard's got a fen- you know, block fence around it. No one can get in there. We can close the garage door before we get out of our cars. No one can see us. Um, I can wait until my neighbors leave the the community mailbox before I go there because I don't want to talk to them. You know, all this kind of stuff. Like, we're just happy being ourselves. I don't have to go to community group because, ah, we have a lot of stuff going on. I'm just fine. So we just can be insular. We can just get inside of ourselves. The question is, is this what we're called to do? Because if people are the mission, which I think the Bible supports, that people... Both non-Christians and Christians, discipleship and evangelism outside of ourselves is the mission of the church to be together in community and to bring others into community. If that's the case, then slowly drifting to be an inside, you know, inward-facing Christian, I think we can say, is actually an unbiblical Christian. It's really outward-focused that we need to be growing in. And here's what I want to say today. This is the big idea outwardness is a daily choice you can make. Outwardness is a daily choice you can make. Being outside of you, thinking, how do I get outside of me? How do I think about both community in the church and community in the community? To be a light for Jesus in both places. To grow and be benefited from Christians and to benefit, hopefully, other Christians as we're gathering together as Anchor Church in places like community groups or discipleship or Sunday mornings. And I can go into the community and tell people about Jesus. How do I think through this? What does this look like for me? How do I process through this? It is a daily choice that you can make. The reality is you can also make a daily choice to be inward. And I would argue that the way you make a daily choice to be inward is to do nothing. Because you will just drift that way. That also is a choice. Doing nothing is a choice. So as we think about this morning, we're going to look at Paul's life. Maybe the question that I would have for us as we think through this is, what if you do decide to do nothing? Some of you right now are thinking, oh great, here we go. Another evangelism sermon. I mean, one of our values is being relentlessly outward. So we should talk about it. Here's what I want to say, too. Evangelism, and let me just, let me just if your anxiety level's going up, because you're like, he's going to talk about evangelism and it's awkward whatever. Let me just say this. To me, I'm growing to understand, especially post-COVID. Evangelism does not necessarily mean grabbing a tract, walking to my neighbors. Hi, I've never met you before. I'm Jason. You're my neighbor. Let me tell you about Jesus. Like, four spiritual laws, you know, or something like making it awkward doesn't necessarily mean that. It also doesn't mean this. Why don't you come to church with me? I don't think it means necessarily either one of those things. It could. But I think more than anything, what it means is, when I talk about evangelism in a community, I think what it means is recognizing people are the mission. And you know what? When, when we're talking to non-Christians, a lot of times, I'm just a normal guy. They know I'm a Christian. I'm just enjoying life. And conversations six months in start coming up because they understand what I am and they're wondering why I'm different. I found that to be the case, in which case, really, I think of genuine evangelism comes out of relationship, not just a weird interaction. So, anxiety level goes down, okay? I'm not asking you tomorrow to go about, you know, go door to door um, with a tract. I'm asking you simply to say, who is it in your community that you can bring in? Are you outward-focused or inward-focused? What about in community groups? We're going to talk about that. What if you decide to change nothing? I want to answer that, too, as we talk about it. But Paul's life, as we think through 1 Corinthians, went from being an an inside-focused person to being an outward-focused person, and we're going to talk about this this morning. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 9, beginning in verse 19, and then I'm going to break it down for a couple minutes, talk about how we can live it out. And we'll go from there. If you don't have a Bible, you can open up the YouVersion app and there's a, there's a free version of the CSB, Christian Standard Bible. That's what we're going to be reading from. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 19. This is what Paul says, Paul the Apostle. He says this, Although I am free from all and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win Jews. To those under the law, like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, to win those under the law. To those who are without the law, like one without the law. Though I am not without God's law, but under the law of Christ, I do it to win those without the law. To the weak, I became weak in order to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that I may be so that I may, by every means possible, save some. Now I do all this because of the gospel, so that I may share in the blessings. This is, this is Paul talking about his life. Now Paul is a man who persecuted the church. He was there... When Stephen died, it says that he was the first Christian that was killed. He, it says that he was approving of the things that were happening. And Paul went on a mission to continue to persecute Christians because he didn't think that they were actually God's people. He was trying to, he was trying to destroy Christianity. This is, this is Paul's background. He was an educated man, he knew all about the law, he was Jewish. He, he, he was a an Israelite. We talked about it last week. He was a Pharisee. He was a tribe of Benjamin. He, he had all of this you know, life that he had grown towards. He had been become so insular inside. He had focused on his education and his status and his ladder and trying to climb it and to be something and to be something within the Jewish community. And this was Paul's life. And all of a sudden, Jesus meets him and his life changes in, in a moment. He is no longer simply about him. It's not about his status and what he's doing. We see here, it's about something different. It's not, it's not an inward life that Paul is living. It's, it's about a life now given to others. It's a life no longer focused just on him. Because he could have said, you know what, I'm going to self-protect. Man, I can write so many good things. I'd much rather just sit in my house and write and send out, he could have done that for the rest of his life. Never had any problems, never had any struggles, never done any of that stuff, never planted any churches, never gone outside, never discipled anybody, never raised up Timothy as a pastor and trained him as a pastor, never, never um, been poured into perhaps by people like James or Peter, just said, I don't want to hear from you, Barnabas. Never heard any of that stuff. He could have just sat in his house and just learned and benefited and talked to Jesus and done all that stuff. He chose not to. And we see that here. Look, look what he says. I, I love what Paul's perspective is. He says, the, Although I am free from all, and not anyone's slave, the word there is slave or servant, bondservant. We see it as he talk, also calls himself a slave to Christ. Save, same word. A slave, he's slave to Christ, meaning that he, is, he doesn't see himself as free to do whatever he wants to do, but he's following Jesus. And here he says... Although I am free from all and not anyone's slave, he was a Roman citizen, free, I have made myself a slave to everyone. What does that mean? He doesn't say, I've made myself a slave to the church. I've made myself a slave to Jesus. I've made myself a slave to those who are pouring into my life. I've made myself a slave to those who um, aren't socially awkward around me. I made myself a slave to those that we share the same values. I, sh- I, I made myself a slave uh, to those as long as they agree with all my theology and aren't messy. Paul says, I'm free. I'm not, I'm not a slave to anyone. I'm not a bond servant to anybody. Nobody owns me. I'm not an indentured servant. I, I'm not one who has to work something out. I can do Whatever I want, I can live my life the way that I want to live it. He, he says, I am a slave, though, though I am free, to everyone. Meaning that his life is not his own. Paul does not count his life as his own. It's not as though Paul just says, hey, you know what, I, I have a choice to make. Whether I, um, you know, whether I go and, and disciple this person, whether I go and being community with this church here while I'm here, whether I go and fellowship and take communion with them, I could choose one or the other, and either way, I'm good. No, Paul says, I actually don't have that choice because I've made myself a slave, servant to everyone. As I share the gospel, I'm a servant to them. I count myself as a servant to them. And notice what he says. The reason he does this is in order to win more people. Paul's perspective is, and my mission in Paul's mind, is not simply to exist in this world as a Christian. It's not simply to, to be in this world as a Christian. Just to, I just want to be here. You know, I'm going to take up space. I want to read my Bible and I'm going to do these things. And I pray that the spirits that work in me may I see more fruit of the Holy Spirit and, and really, you know, spend time with him. And I want gifting from him. I want knowledge. I want all this stuff. And then I'm just going to somehow use it to, to build my own self up. That's not Paul's perspective. His perspective is, yeah, he's going to do all those things. And also, he's going to count himself as a slave to everyone while he does those things because Paul's whole mission is to be outward. I want to win people. I want people to know the gospel. I don't don't just want to gather gospel information. I want to gather gospel information to declare it to others. I want them to know Jesus. This is Paul's perspective. The gospel to him was so precious. That he, he just wanted others to know it. And we see that here as we go forward in verse 20. He says, to the Jews, I became like a, a Jew. Now, Paul is Jewish. So it seems odd. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win Jews. To those under the law, like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, to win those under the law. So he, Paul, Paul doesn't see himself as an As just a cultural Jewish person anymore. No, I'm a Christian. It's Paul's perspective. I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm Jewish in my heritage, not in my theology. Because Paul wouldn't say, I need to follow the law to be saved. He's like, Jesus saves me. But you know what? When I go to the Jewish synagogues, I'm talking to Jewish people, I'm going to observe whatever laws they want me to observe. Like, they want me to not do anything on the Sabbath? Fine. Like, I'll do that. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. I want to win them for Christ. So if I need to go into their culture and say, I'm just going to be culturally like them so that they, they understand me, I'll do it. Though I don't have to do it, I'll still do it. For them, not for me. It's for their sake, it's not for mine. In verse 21, to, those, to, those, uh, to the Jews I became like a Jew to win Jews, those under the law, like those under the law. Although, I, this is verse 20, though th- I am myself not a Jew, Verse 21, to those who are without the law, the Gentiles, like one without the law. Though I am not without God's law, but under the law of Christ. He's saying, it's not that I can just go whatever I, do whatever I want to do. Get drunk with us. Fine, I'm just going to be like you. <laughs> Sleep around. Yeah, fine, I'm just going to be like you. No, he's saying, no, I'm under the law of Christ. So my life is still going to be holy, but I'm going to go to those out under the, not under the law. I'll live like that. They want to, they want to do something on the Sabbath? Fine. I'll go hang out with you. Let's go do it. You want to eat pork? Can't do that under Jewish law. They're eating pork? Pass it. Let's have it. Like, that's fine. Because with them, I just want them to know that that I'm a person like them, and I have a Savior that they can have an experience. I want to win them to the weak. I became weak. This could be referencing the things he said in Romans where he's talking about drinking alcohol, perhaps. He's talking about, like, look, it's not, if you don't, someone doesn't feel like they can drink in good conscience, don't drink around them. Yeah, look, I'll do that. It's fine. Like, however, whatever it is, whatever cultural situation Paul finds himself in, he's saying, I want to win the people that I'm with. My whole goal is to win them. Now, you might think, doesn't that sound like hypocrisy? Maybe. Is that being a hypocrite? No. Paul is not being a hypocrite, Paul is saying, I'm a missionary. I'm a missionary. No good missionary goes to the Philippines and doesn't learn their culture and figure out what they got, what's like taboo in their culture, what's fine in their culture, to figure out how, how do I not offend people? How do I fit into the culture? Because my whole goal here as a missionary is to tell them about Jesus. I don't want to offend them with things I'm doing unintentionally. I don't know. So I want to learn it and just act like that. We're, we're thinking about sending, Abby's thinking about going to the University of Hawaii. I know it's tough. Someone's got to do it, right? And some parents have to travel over there to help them see the campus. <laughs> and I have, a, I have a pastor friend who's a pastor in Honolulu, and he said, um, I said, hey, what do you think about, like, is it, what's it like? You know, it's, his church is about 20 minutes from the school, so that'd be great. I know a pastor friend over there. And he said, you know what, it's the mainlanders, sometimes the locals are, have a hard time with the mainlanders coming over. Because they can, they can still, in a cultural way, see the mainlanders as those who came and took over their island. He said, "But, but if she can come in to this place and almost see it as a foreign country, that she has to just respect their culture, they will love her." This is what Paul says. I'm going into the culture. I just want to respect the culture, and not put some sort of weird culture that I'm trying to put on them. Like I'm here for them. They're not here for me. I'm here for them. I'm going into their culture as a Jewish culture or as a Gentile culture or people that, are, that he would look at and say, maybe they don't have a good theology of this and they're weaker. So I want to go in there to serve them. My whole goal is to not be inward and say, like so many Christians do these days, like you all got to change and if you want to come in here. Yeah, you want to come into a church? You want to come into my church? Man, you better clean yourself up. Paul's theology is Jesus' theology which should be our theology, which is Jesus came to heal the sick, not the well. We want to go to those who are sick, who need Jesus. We want to be outward in our focus. We want to make sure that we go outside of ourselves. Because if we aren't careful, as we look at this text, if we aren't careful, Paul says, I have become all things to all people so that I may, be, so that I may by every means possible, save some. If we're not careful, we will drift into becoming not slaves to Christ or slaves to others um, as we think about them needing Jesus, but we will drift into becoming slaves to ourselves. And do the opposite that Paul says. For years, Tiffany and I were doing this. We're fine. I wonder how many of us are in that spot, too, to, to become slaves to us. It's actually, it's one of the reasons, let me just plug Fasting Week, it's one of the reasons fasting is a discipline. If you ever spent any time doing that, man, it's hard. You realize how many things you are just enslaved to. You have a, you have a meal, like I think this week I'm going to try and fast um, podcasts while I'm driving. I drive a lot, and I love podcasts. <laughs> like, I think I'm just going to turn the radio off that time praying. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be hard because I know what podcasts drop on which days. Like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about on that thing. That's tough. Like, I want to listen. I don't know what it is for you, but maybe fasting is a good way for you to understand what it's like. You ever tried to fast social media if you're on it? You pick up your phone like 40 times in a row, you're like, ah. We can become slaves to ourselves, but, but Paul says he's slaves to everyone. I, I just want to be a servant to all. And he says that he wants to do that for the gospel. Which is Paul's motive. Look, we can I can tell you right now that you can do ten things. Be outward. And you might say begrudgingly, fine, I'll do it. I'll be outward. I've been there, by the way, I know what that means, because I feel the same way sometimes. Paul's motive isn't just because the Bible tells me so. It's not a song. We sing to kids. The Bible tells me so, so I just do it. Although sometimes that is true, and we gotta do it, but way better, isn't it? To recognize what the motivation should be. Why? Why is Paul living like this? Paul's motive, look what he says in the last, our last verse, verse 23. Now I do all of this because of the gospel. Now I do all of this because of the gospel. So that, listen, I may share in the blessings. Paul's saying, I, I consider myself a slave to everyone because of the gospel. That I may share in its blessings. What does he mean? To share both the riches of Jesus with others. To, to recognize, I want to I declare the goodness of Christ to everyone I want to tell them about the riches and I want to experience the blessings with them of having the riches in the gospel I want to I want to recognize that my mission is to declare Jesus and the blessings that come with that for me and for them and to share in it I want to see it I want to see them changed by it I want to be a part of it I want to watch what God does not too long ago when I turned 40 six years ago I'm 46 some of you are like really you look like you're 19 I know Once, good genes also kind of frustrating sometimes. Like, no, I'm not, um, I have gray hair now, it's okay. But I got, when I turned 40, I got glasses. I started to be able to go like, I was going like this when I was reading. Like, I can't, I can't see what I was reading. And so I, someone said, go get, go get checked for glasses. And so I did. And the first time I put my glasses on, I realized, oh, I wonder how long I haven't been able to read. Because this is amazing. Like, I can see, words like they're here. Well, oh my gosh, like this is great, right? And so everybody I talk to that turned 40, I'm like, hey, have you gotten your eyes checked yet? Because you may not even know that you need glasses. Like, like it just happens slowly over time to some of us that never had glasses before. Everybody, how old are you? 40. You should really, you should go to the eye doctor, like get tested because it's going to be, it's like a new day, right? And the thing is, is that I'm, I'm 40, so I can reason with myself on that. 40-year-olds can. But not too long ago, I watched a, this, a video it just popped up on YouTube or Facebook or something like that, of a, of a one-year-old girl who needed glasses but couldn't see. And I mean, these glasses were thick. She must have had really bad vision. And she's crying and she's, you know, she doesn't understand what's going on. She's kind of like fighting against it. And so the, the, doc, the eye doctor is trying to put these glasses on with a little string behind because she'll probably pull them off, you know. It's little pink little glasses. And she, and she puts them on and like they on there, you know, and she's crying and all of a sudden she looks up and she stops and she gets like a big smile on her face as her her mom is talking with her. There's this like realization that the one that made her, the one that her mom, she could see for the first time, like she was blind. And I'm getting emotional now because I remember like the feeling of, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, I'm sharing in the, the dawning of realization that this girl who was literally helpless, she had no idea she couldn't see. All of a sudden, the glasses go on and she sees, she sees the one who made her for the first time. And I get, to sh- I get to share in that just through watching a video. I didn't have anything to do with it. I'm watching it and I'm, made, I'm glad. I'm like, this is remarkable. Like, this is just seeing somebody, this little girl that was helpless, that all of a sudden she could see for the first time. What a joy that is. Paul says, that's my experience of sharing the gospel. People, they don't know what they need. They don't know what they can't see. They don't know. But when I tell them that, I get to share in the blessings of having them put the glasses on, and all of a sudden they can see their maker. They can see what they needed is right there. And they're open to, and Paul says, I become all things to all people for the sake of the gospel that I might share in the blessings. Church, may it be so with us. Because I wonder if we don't sometimes see the gospel as amazing enough. Because Paul clearly understood how amazing the gospel is. Do you? Or is it a word you've heard not a lot? Because we talk about it here. gospel is important. We talk about it. We sing about it. You hear about it. We tell you all the time, Jesus died, he rose again, it becomes this thing. But is it amazing to you? Is it amazing to you? The question is, what if, what if you say, as we think about being outward, it's a choice you make. To be, to be somebody who, who looks outside and says, I don't want to be inside anymore. I'm going to make some decisions to be outside in the church community for discipleship, outside in the community for evangelism. I want to face outward. What happens if if you don't do that? Let's say on one hand, nothing. If you just decide, I'm not going to change. I'm just going to be inside. Nothing really for you and Jesus because you're still saved by grace. You still have an inheritance. Jesus still loves you. That doesn't change. You're not lesser of a Christian. You don't take a step backwards. You're not somehow like put into a category of worse. You know, that's not, none of that changes because God's done a work in you and celebrate it. So on the one hand, nothing changes. On the other hand, nobody around you changes either. You're missing out on the blessings of watching life change. And you know what? Ultimately, if all of us decided to do nothing, you know what would happen? Anchor Church would die a slow death. Because all of us would just grow inside. There'd be no new Christians. There'd be no new baptisms. There'd be no discipleship. We'd all just be inside. So we would, you know, we'd have a good run. At some point we'd close the doors and go, hey, this was good. You know, let's go somewhere else. But if we chose to be outside church, if we chose to look at outwardness, relentlessly outward, if we chose to say, I want to be like Paul and recognize... I just want to. I want the gospel to go forward, both in helping others see it in discipleship and helping others see it for the first time in evangelism. I want to do that, just take steps. How do I do that? I think if we did that, we would see a remarkable difference both in our church in terms of our growth in discipleship and in our church, church in terms of our growth in people because people would see Jesus more clearly. How do we do this? Two ways we can live this out, and then I'm going to close. Outwardness is a daily choice you can make. The first is this. Make a gospel choice to face outward. It is a choice. Make a gospel choice, meaning a gospel-driven, prayerful, spirit-empowered choice to daily say, Lord, let me face outward. And and there's there's two things I would say to do this if you're taking notes. The first is love the gospel more every day. Try to love the gospel more every single day day do it walk that out daily when i first moved to phoenix i remember driving into town i was living in michigan driving into town it was like 10 o'clock at night the street lights are on the 60 i remember looking around and realizing how many palm trees there are here like this is i've never lived in a place with palm trees i'm like watching palm trees go by and in the morning i woke up in the see south mountain and then you see all the other mountains around you're just like this is a beautiful place that lasted for a bit you know what? i don't even see those anymore I don't see any of the palm trees. I don't see any of the mountains unless I take the time to go, I remember when there were palm trees. Are there still like as many palm trees? And you're like, there are a lot of palm trees around here. You know. Or what about the mountains? I gotta like, intentionally think I want to go back and look at the mountains again. For some of us, we just have gotten to the place where the gospel becomes palm trees and mountains. We look past them. We don't even see it. The beauty of it, the joy of it, the the way that it's affected us, the way that it's caused us to, to change and our lives to be different, we don't see it anymore. And it, and it takes, I think, just intentionality to say I want to see the beauty of the gospel again. The beauty of the gospel. What is the beauty of the gospel? What is that? I, I remember, again, I know you're thinking that Jason watched a lot of videos. I remember watching watched a video not too long ago you guys have seen these, I think. They're the sad ones. You know, there was a puppy that had been abused and beaten, and so the, they bring him to the vet, and this, the puppy's sitting in the corner, and every time the vet tries to go, maybe gets growled, you know, growled at. It's just hiding. Hiding! It doesn't want anything to do with the people that are trying to help it and save it and, and care for it. Nothing to do with it. Just hiding in this corner, trying to get away from that person. And for you, Christian, before you were a Christian, this was you and your posture with God. It was a hiding away. We see this in Adam and Eve. It was hiding. I don't want you to see me. I want to be away from you. Get away from me because I'm I'm scared you're going to do something to me. I'm scared of you. And so we hid ourselves away. Some of you remember that because some of you got saved when you were 20 and your life beforehand was a wreck. Some of us got saved when we were five, and we don't remember anything before that. We always grew up in the church. The reality is the same. You were hiding from God. You did not want Him to come near you. You did not want to to get close to Him. And yet, in His kindness, and His grace, and His patience, and His love for you, and His remarkable nature, which, which wants to Not drive you out, but draw you in, to pull you in, to show you him. He he calls you to himself. He says, look, I am not here to harm you. I'm not going to destroy you. Instead, I'm going to stand here with my arms out on a cross for you. You go to me. I'm not going to do anything. Come to me. My hands are here. And we slowly walked forward like that puppy Gains, you know, trust, begins to trust the people that are trying to care for it. We came close to him and recognized, not only does he not want to harm me, he loves me. This is the beauty of the gospel. That's you. That's you. Do you see it? Do you love it? Second, in terms of make a gospel choice to face out where we have to see the gospel daily And then we have to ask God to to give you a heart to to be outward and share. Both with non-Christians, but also encouraging Christians in the gospel. We have to ask God to do that. Which comes to my second point, which is this. During prayer week, answer this question, who's your one? Meaning, who's the person that you feel like God's put on your heart to say, I want to just develop a friendship with them because I want them to know Jesus. I want to be an outward person servant of all people to this person. I want to just tell them the joy of the gospel. It might take a year for them to trust me. It might take a couple years. I don't know, but I want to put myself in their lives because I want them to know the joy of knowing Christ. During prayer week, 2023, answer the question as you're praying, who's your one? Who is it? And maybe also answer the question, am I going to join a community group? Which one? There's just three of them, the Negrons and mine and the Gorlies. You can find it on the Church Center app. This is my little pitch for you. Find it and join one. Be in community. Be outside of yourself. Julie, I'm going to have you come on up as we close. Outwardness is a daily choice you can make. I, I honestly don't know, church, the fruit of us going to the gym. I don't know. Is there some? Don't know. I don't know the, the fruit of being in a community group for the last uh, couple years. I don't know, ultimately, long term. I don't know what that looks like. Here's what I do know, is that in community group, when I've been in there, there are nights that I don't want to go. I lead it, all right? So, there are nights I don't want to go because I'm busy. There are nights I don't want to go because we've taken our kids to practices, I'm tired. There are nights I don't want to go because some, days, some nights, honestly, I just don't want to lead something again. And so I just, you know, you walk in, but every single time I've gone, I've walked away encouraged, heard somebody share what God's done in their life. They pray for me. They help me see the gospel again. I know that. I know this too, that, that right now uh, from the gym, I have two guys that I'm going through a Bible study with weekly through the book of James. I've talked with a couple others who have wanted to ask me questions about church. So they've visited here. I also know that that there's more that are asking me to meet and talk with them about church life. I've shared the gospel with some of them. Also because I just made a choice to say, let me be outward. I had years where I never did that. I don't know the fruit, but let me say, I pray that there is long-lasting, eternal fruit as I face outward. May it be so with you. For the glory of Jesus and the power of the Spirit. Amen? May it be so that we are relentlessly outward make the choice let me pray for us lord i pray that you would help us to apply this lord to see you as glorious see the gospel as glorious to see our lives as forfeit and sacrificed to you to be a um, a servant or to be your servant to be one who to be one as a christian in this room who is so eager to know you and to serve you and to help people see the gospel that not only does our, our gospel love bubble up out of us, but our, our words also and our actions also to people around us. Encourage the Christians here, Lord, by your Spirit. Lord, through both through um, easy understanding of maybe people that they already know who need you but also fruit. May there be fruit this year. Lord, as we look outward, may it be so, Jesus, in your name. Amen. will don't you stand as we respond in song? I really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today. You can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.